hello there, and welcome to episode number 30 of HearthCast, recorded Thursday, April 22nd, 2010. This is HearthCast. It's a podcast for the average World of Warcraft player, with your host, Root. And Freckleface. In this episode, we have some email questions. Yes, well, answers and questions. Answers and questions. More like email reactions. Yeah. Uh, but we'll get into that later. More like, what are those things called when people write a bunch of stuff? Try tirades? I think we have one tirade. <laughs> um, and our main content is if our opinions mattered. Yeah, which they probably don't. Probably don't. But if they did. But we're throwing out our two cents. And it's, it's one of those things where if Blizzard came and said, hey guys, what would you do? And what do you, Root and Freckleface, think we should do to change a game? This give, is what yeah, we would we say. Go, hey, we, we think this, this, and this. If our opinions mattered. So. And Root's going to give you his auction house tip. Yes, I am. Which I bring every week. First of all, we'd like to say hello to the Titans Warriors out on Whisperwind with a special uh, non-discriminatory gender-neutral salute to Pibbles. Since Pibbles hasn't run in to clarify our... I know, so it's gender-neutral. Clarifying, yeah. And um, a a bit... Well, not crow's feet. I was going to say I was going to eat a little bit of crow's feet, but I'm not. Um, A special uh, salutation to... Ozzy and Stumbelina. At Rarcast. At Rarcast. And I guess a little update on that is what happened to you, Freckleface, in an instance the other day? Or dungeon? Well, of all things. Of all things. Was in a random. Okay. And someone left. And the new person that came in did get ported directly to where we are. Directly to you. And I saw that happen actually two different places. One was in Gundrak, which is level 80. Heroic. The other one was in a Razor Fin Downs or whatever the first instance you can do as soon as you are able to use a dungeon guide. Okay. Well, there you go. So, dungeon I stand... We're not corrected. I just haven't seen it. So, But we stand I, Yeah, we still cannot find in the patch notes. Yeah, but I we've, we've but witnessed it happen in the game. So. so, that's cool. So, now when someone joins your group on a random or whatever... But is it just random or is it any of them? Well, that's the question, then. Maybe dun, it's dun, just random. I don't know. So, but we got that at least halfway cleared up. Rarcast.com. Go check them out. We love them. Much love. And while you're out on the internet checking stuff out, don't forget to stop by our website over at www.hearthcast.com. You can contribute to the show by emailing us at contribute at hearthcast.com or using our contribution form which is uh, on our website, says be part of the show. You can be part of the show just as we have people today who are part of our show. Or you can do the cooler thing, which is actually calling in to area code 321-558-7637 and leaving a voice message. And we will play that message. Yeah, we'll incorporate that right into the show. show. And, of course, you can always tweet us on Twitter. Tweet us. Tweet us on Twitter. Tweet us on Twitter. That's twitter.com forward slash of all things HearthCast. So, Freckleface, what's up with you this week in the world of Warcraft? Well, this week on my mage, we've actually done a couple different raids as a guild. Nice. I now, missed out on one. Right. And our guild has not been a raiding guild so far. It's been a big combination of lobbies and just a few 80s. And we've finally gotten to the point where we have enough to try to run a raid. So, last Saturday night, we tried to do Old War. And we did pretty well. We did the first segment, which is called Siege. And we did the first boss of the Anti-Chamber. And you haven't been there, but the Anti-Chamber, nope. when you come in, 
You come to this room, and all of a sudden, this gigantic guy appears out of nowhere. You basically just see a face. No. But he's got his left arm and I his have right done arm this. labeled. I've done this. You've done this. Yes, you have to beat up both arms. Yeah, yeah you have to I'd, beat up both arms. I've done this. So that was cool. Um, and we thought we were going to continue that on a, t- on a Monday night. But that didn't work out so much. We, yeah, that's the one I missed. That's when he missed. But it was scheduled for, it was 10 p.m. our time. Yep. 10 p.m. rolled around. Yep. We didn't have enough people to do all of our. Right. We went over to Nax instead. Then about 10.40, then enough people came on to do Old War. But then we decided that's too much hassle to go back there. So we started Nax, went in the play quarter, did the first boss. It was really funny. The tank rushed in and started it while the healers were lagging behind. Oh, no. So they got locked. <laughs> they got locked out. We still survived. We still got it. But it was just kind of funny. Someone just, like, rushes in there and is like, oh, well. She get an achievement for this, like doing this whole <laughs> boss, like no healers. Um, that that didn't was happen, funny. Huh? No, and then the second boss is a. You can get achievement for beating him. It's called the safety dance. Okay. He sets like. Um, he pushes up these pools of lava that kill you out of nowhere, and then you have to run, basically run around on the room. We could not get that boss. We tried like five oh, times. We man. wiped. Um, but our guild is kind of starting to getting there. But at the same time, we've. Um, trying to join forces with the sister guild. It's, yeah. Because they do all the raids. Oh. They have a lot of 80s. They're very geared. They do all the raids. And we're trying to get them to let in several of us so we can do more raiding. Cool. Um, so that's about it with me. Been raiding. Raiding. Okay. Yeah, what's been going on with you? A lot. Really? For a change. You know, so I got exalted with the Sons of Hodier. Which means that soon I'll be picking up the uh, vehicle mount, the big elephant. Mammoth. The mammoth. Yeah. Yeah, for like, what, 1,800 gold or something? 1,800? No, like 8,000. 8,000, whatever he is. Yeah, 8,000. But you got plenty. You got yeah. that from, like, Fat Wallet. <laughs> Not quite, but he's, he's, getting, he's getting up getting there. there. He, he's going to be doing some major transactions this week. We'll get into that. But um, I want to get that pretty soon, but I'm working on some other stuff, too. So I've been rep grinding in Dragonblight. And I kind of went back there, because, you know, you and I have alluded to this before. A lot of times if you use Quest Helper or other, you know, helping aids, books or whatever, you tend to rush through areas and only go to places that are going to give you the most experience. So you don't necessarily complete all the quests in one area. Well, I started going back to Dragonblight uh, specifically because I started looking for other mounts in the game. And I found out that over in Dragonblight, you can pick up a uh, red... Mount, flying mount. A red drake. Yeah, red drake, thank you. Um, off the quartermaster there if your reputation is high enough. So I was like, all right. So I went back over in there and I said, okay, well, I got all these low level quests. I'm just kind of going through all these low level quests and trying to get completed because there's one, there's a couple of dailies. I've only, I can't get the other daily to unlock it. I don't know why. I can only get the one where you have to go capture the drake and bring it back to the guy. And he does, like, he kills it. He's all like, oh, sleep, take easy. And he kills the thing. Um, but there's another one where you have to like it's a it's a vehicle where you jump onto the, the big drake and you fly around the tower and kill more drakes. It's like six or seven drakes you have to kill total. Are you saying you haven't unlocked that one yet? I've done it once and I can't find the person to give me the quest again. I thought they were supposed to be in that tower and I can't find yeah, them. Yeah, they are. I can't find them. Did you finish all the quests in Dragon Ball? I have. Yes, I have. Um, except for the one that I have to go into. Was it Nax? Or no, the Nexus. I have one I have to go into the Nexus for. So, but anyhow, while I was, um, there's also a, a, a BOA item in there. 
and it's a head enchant, I believe, or helm enchant. Um, and I kind of want to get that too. And while I was in there doing all these scenes, there's a really cool quest from Chromie that I like. She's a, that's a character that kind of shifts time all over the place. Yeah, she shows up in a lot of different places. Yeah, and she's and really kinda, a dragon, which is cool. Yeah, well, they all are up there. But anyhow. Well, she's um, like a gnome. I know, she's a little gnome cool. dragon. Yeah. But there's this one quest that you do with her where you get this like a little timepiece and you got to take it over where these dragons are fighting and you drop the timepiece down and then the first one is your future self shows up. And you have to fight with your future self as your aid to protect the timepiece. And it's one of, I kind of laughed at myself because it was obviously not designed the quest designers did not design this quest for me to come back as an 80 and do it because my future self was still an 80. Or maybe they did because they know me that well. <laughs> I don't know, but... And, and he kind of ragged on my gear. So maybe they do know me. <laughs> but, yeah, you're 80. Your future self rags on you. It's like, maybe you need to get better gear so you don't get us killed and all this. And Oh, yeah. And then, uh, and then you fight your past self, right? You don't fight. We fight alongside. Yeah, that's, a, that's the part two. You come back to it again, and you fight along with your past self. Oh, right. And they're all like, and, you know, the guy's like, you know, you're going to drive me to drink. Which I thought was kind of inappropriate for, but anyhow, it's in there. So, it's all right. But well, there's, there's a lot of drinking stuff in yes, there is. Warcraft, and, a lot. You know, if, if, but it was kind of cool to see you, though, you know, even though the comments didn't make a lot of sense because I'm an 80 and whatever, um, it was still kind of cool to do. And then I ended up in this, and you and I talked about this before, I ended up in this really crazy phase shift thing where um, I took, like, a fighting alongside the, the, the king from Stormwind in the stu- sewers of... And Lady Jaina, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. In the sewers of, uh, what is Under that? Undercity. Undercity, yeah. And that was okay. It was pretty cool. I died once, but it was okay. Yeah, I did you the first time I did that. Because um, I was in there and I just wasn't really paying attention. And so I died because I wasn't paying attention. But other than that, um, I think I was an aggro in the lead or something. One of the guys. But other than that, I only died once and I came back and I was like, whatever. And... Um, that was cool because at the end of it, there's a nice, cool cinematic where the the one guy and then the orc leader, not orc leader, but the uh, the horde leader, they get together to go fight the scourge guy. So, and then what's really weird is that after that whole thing, um, and that actually might have been, I think that was actually before I went and fought over there, but it's during the whole process. Because you start off in this one little area and then, you know, the guy comes in and he, and Arthas makes an appearance, and then the guy, the Scourge guy comes in, and he makes an appearance, and Arthas gets thrown away. And then when you come back to the area, you phase back into it. It's all on fire, and people are screaming. Oh, yeah, they're screaming every yeah. time you go and over I, it. Yeah. I forgot about that the other night, and, like, everybody was asleep in the house. And I'm like, I'm like oh, maybe I'll go over here. And I landed because I thought I like clicked, you know, I just landed over here. I see some fire. What's going on? And people screamed bloody murder, and it scared me. Oh, my God. I was like, oh, what's Nobody going on? Yeah, no, no, it didn't, thankfully. But it was, like, bizarre because, like, ah. And I was like, oh, my gosh. So, but it was cool. It was, it was very cool. Um, now, along that time, the, what I got out of all of that was I got uh, a lot of achievements. I got the Veteran of Wrathgate, which is where the cool cinematic came from. Uh, I got a Medallion of Heroism out of that. I went through the Battle of Undercity. I got some cool little trinket from that um, that if you equip it I'm not using it because my other ones are better but it improves the critical strike rating and then it heals you for like 1425 or whatever then I was flying around I got explore dragon blight and then I ended up with like um, the thing for exploring all of northern and it gave me a cool little tabard to wear 
And I'm like, that's nice, but I'm wearing the Dragon Blight Tabard because I want that extra XP. Well, if you finish and you uh, explore the Eastern Kingdoms in Kalimdor, you get the title. Yeah, I got a whole lot to do with that. There's a whole lot of... Whole lot of just, a whole lot of uncovered spaces to go through, I think. But well, I'll well, tell you when I did a lot of it was during the Lunar Festival when you had to talk right, to elders all yeah. different places. Yep. I was like, well, I'm here anyway. Might as well do that. So exactly. I also picked up like you know nothing boring about the Berean Tundra because I did a bunch of qu- so it's kind of cool. You just pick up a lot of stuff when you're not even thinking about it. You're just doing stuff all of a sudden. It's like oh, I got a lot of achievements, which are kind of cool on, on that on the, uh, the the Wild Armory's RSS feed. So that's like my only purpose for doing it. So I can look at my stats on the RSS feed and go, wow, cool, I'm doing stuff. So haven't done a guild run yet. Haven't even done a, uh, a random yet because I was kind of waiting on the guild run. But I think I might You're end up... you too chicken, though, do the random You know, I think yourself. I might just have to go in there and just accept my, 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 my fail status. My DPS fail and get in there and go, you know what, I, uh, you know... Yeah, just go in there and be like, hey, I know I have a low DPS. Yeah. Deal with it. Deal with it or kick me out. One of the two. But I think I may just have to, you know, go in there and have fun with that and get some better gear because that's the only way it's going to progress now. So that's what's going on with me. I told you I had a lot going on. You did have a lot going on. busy, busy, busy. Finally, back in the game. Um, email. We got some email this week, Frackleface. We do have. And I'm going to let you answer your email first. All right. Now, remember last week I had complained that the curse client would always... Make itself start up. Correct. Like it would, you know, we had problems with it not shutting down the way we thought it would. And every time we restarted the computer, it'd start up again. Right. In well, Windows. We actually, yeah, in Windows. Um, but we had um, someone write in. His name is Inverse on the Scenarian Circle. And actually wrote in a tip on how to get the most out of the cursed client and take up system resources. Okay, so this is how to get the most out of the cursed client without taking up a lot of system resources. So you're going to free up system resources and still use and get all the benefits from the curse uh, add-on manager client. Exactly. So this is what Inverse writes in. All right, first step, you start the, ter- the cursed client. In the menu, select Tools and then Options. On the main tab, under General, remove the check, make it... From when I close Curse Client version 4, keep it in the system tray. So you can check off the box that will do that. It's basically what it's saying. Also on the main tab under Startup and Shortcuts, remove the check mark from Automatically Start Curse Client v4 when I log on to Windows. And on the Game and Add-ons tab under Add-on Settings, remove Upload Character Profile Data. On the advanced tab under hardware profile, remove the check mark from there. It says this will stop the curse client from collecting data about your character and hardware. Also stop it from starting up all the time and from staying running in the background. Hope this helps everyone out. Awesome. Yeah, that's a very helpful tip. It is awesome. That was really baffling me. Well, now we know. Now we know. Now I'm going to go do that. And now we can share that tip and make it, you know, our podcast actually valuable. Right. And (laughs) if you want the instructions sent to you via email... Yeah, just email send, us. Send us an email. We'll, we'll forward his instructions to Absolutely. you. Absolutely. That's contribute at hearthcast.com, and we'll send you those instructions. So there you go. Um, now, 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 your question. I've got a great. Now, last <laughs> week, yeah, it was kind of like, you know, we talked about what was going on, what was up with me, and I talked about a transaction uh, where I had gotten an item from a guy and kind of haggled him down in price. And uh, then I went to the auction house, and I put it on there for market value, 
and the guy got mad at me and said he's going to call the GM and everything else. And I kind of made a little, little fun out of it because I thought it was funny. Um, and it happens to me, not I'm not going to say often, but probably happens to me more often than it happens to a lot of people. And that's probably why I think it's, you know, I find a little bit of humor into it. Um, however, we have a nice email from Chillheart. And Chillheart writes in, he's over on the Jubithos server, or Jubithos server, and he writes in, it's kind of lengthy, and I'm, I am going to read it all, because I think it's an excellent email, and I think that it um, attests a lot to the, the educational level of our listeners, because this is a very well-written email. This is regarding your discussion of your transaction in Ironforge. You claim that it was an open transaction where you settled on a price and made the exchange and that it is all that is required. This is not quite correct. True, you likely did nothing that would get you banned. However, transactions don't happen in a vacuum, as you imply, where all that matters is an exchange of goods and gold. This is because transactions also happen in a social medium. Let's look at the situation again. You're asking for a special, unusual, from Vanilla Wow, item in trade chat. When someone had some, you haggled on the price. You demanded that it be set below current auction house price and received that price. You turned around and sold that item at market price. The person on the other side of the transaction got upset. Why? Any transaction is a transaction of value for value, if it is an honest transaction. But looking at this transaction, you took two gold away from the person holding the items. You did the exchange in front of the Ironforge auction house, so no convenience of place was provided. You didn't know this person, so the below market price was not a gift. The person apparently didn't need the cash right away, so it wasn't an issue of time convenience either. What happened is you took advantage of the person's good nature. When someone does a transaction at below market value for no outside reason, it's because he assumed he was doing a good deed. In this case, he accepted below market value very likely because he figured you had an alt-leveling, a difficult profession, and needed the mats. He clearly did not expect you to turn around and dump the items he sold to you on the open market. His getting upset proves that. If he had wanted them sold on the open market, he would have done it himself and gotten two gold more in the bargain. From his point of view, his good deed was spat upon by you. Legal systems are made without the social mediums included because otherwise hurt feelings would result in lawsuits. So legally, you did nothing wrong. But you are, philosophically speaking, a jerk. You stole value from him and gave him nothing in exchange. Perhaps you fancy yourself a capitalist and traitor, but in this case, as you didn't give value for value, you were not a capitalist, but a con man. You should have realized this when he got upset. Perhaps you didn't realize he had assumed a social convention. But instead of giving him the two gold, you skipped away laughing. I wonder if you are a borderline sociopathic and would be greatly interested in learning the history of pet survival in your family. Love the podcast. Keep it up. If you'd like to discuss the issue further, I'd be happy to do so. Well, Chillwind, um, I've had a lot of pets. They've done extremely well. I did have a hamster when I was in sixth grade. 
get out of his cage in the middle of the night and get crushed in a, in a door jam. So maybe that's where this two gold thing stems from. I don't know. In all honesty, I don't fancy myself a capitalist. I simply demanded a price, as you said. We negotiated a price. I didn't demand a price. If he didn't want it, he didn't have. He could have not engaged in the transaction. That was an agreement. He did not ask me what I wanted it for. That was an assumption on his part. Since he did not ask, I did not feel I had to tell him, hey, sell me this at a lower price in the auction house so that I can go put it on the auction house to make a profit. That's not the case. What's going on here is simple transaction. Um, because I negotiated a price lower than market value is not taking advantage of somebody's good nature. It's taking advantage of somebody who you know, either doesn't care about the money, which is more, most likely this guy's case, or doesn't understand the auction house, or just simply doesn't care. Now, did he get mad because I put it on the auction house right afterwards? Absolutely. He got quite mad uh, because, you know, I guess, as you said, he thought I ripped him off. But I didn't. It was an agreed-upon transaction amount. We both agreed. We both, you know, he, I paid, he provided the goods, and we moved on. If I... If, you know, if a guy comes up to me today and says, hey, I like your car, I want to buy your car. And I say, great, I'll sell you my car for $3,000. He writes me a check for three grand. I cash the check. The check clears. I'm happy. He gets the keys of the car. If I see that vehicle on the car lot tomorrow for six grand, I still got three grand. I'm still happy with my transaction. So did he rip me off? No. If he's selling the car for profit for him, great. It's his at that point in time. He can do whatever he wants with it. Flip the situation around. If I go into a store and I'm looking at a a large plasma screen TV, normally it goes for about, let's say, $1,000. Let's say that plasma TV is on sale for $800. $200 off. Good deal, yes? I would think so. So I tell myself, I'm going to take advantage of this deal. It's $200 off. I buy that plasma screen TV. On my way home, I see that exact same TV on sale for $600 at another store. Does that mean I have a bad deal now? No, I still save $200. That's still a good deal. Just because somebody else has it for cheaper doesn't mean that I got a bad deal from the other store. Could I have gotten a better deal if I had done some research? Absolutely, but that does not negate the deal that I got from the original big box store for my TV. Same situation with this guy. With this guy, again, we had an agreed upon price. We negotiated. Although I, I will grant you this, I did lead a hard negotiation. I said that's the price I wanted. If he didn't want to get that price, I wasn't willing to make the deal. He agreed upon the price. We made the deal. At that point in time, those items are mine. Now I could have gone and put them in my bank, or rather, yeah, in my bank. And waited a day or two or three and then put them on the auction house. Instead, I'm logged into my bank out. I'm taking care of business then and there. So I went in and I took care of the transaction. So did I con him? No, because he agreed upon the price. Um, He didn't have to sell it to me. I wasn't holding a gun to his head. And to sum it all up in one big thing, it's a game. So legally or sociopathically or anything else... It's a game. So 
the whole thing is a social medium. And everything like that should be taken into consideration. You do give a lot of good points. However, you're trying to con- you're trying to take this as a real world example when it doesn't necessarily apply to that, since it's an in game mechanism. Love to have you on the show. If you'd like to call in, leave a message. You've got the phone number. But uh, yeah, we appreciate that. Very very good email. And um, other pets. Let's see. My sister's got two dogs, a bunch of cats. I'm not really a pet person, so... That's a shame. I like pets. Well, you know the kind of pets I like? This is what what I like to do. We like to do. I like getting frogs from the backyard, or toads, or whatever we catch, or sometimes lizards. And then I put them in a terrarium that's on our back porch. And I go buy crickets. And I then put this vitamin powder on the crickets that makes the crickets like... Yeah, they have this little... You can get them in the pet store. You put the vitamin... You put the crickets in a bag. They come in a bag. And you blow a little bit of air into the bag, so now you got a big poofy bag full of crickets. And you put this vitamin powder, and you kind of shake the bag so the powder gets all over the crickets. And then you put the crickets in the terrarium. And the animals in the terrarium, who now are the frog, one or two frogs in the terrarium, who now have, like, nice, cool water. They're out of the hot, beating sun. They have a nice little UV lamp on them. And now, now they have crickets. And they have crickets with extra vitamins on them. And they eat the crickets. And I keep those frogs for like a week, maybe two weeks, and then I let them go. It's like a club med vacation for the frog. It's awesome. I got them knocking on my door going, hey, Root, can I hook me up with, you know, <laughs> terrarium in the back? It's awesome. They tell their frog friends about it. Like up on a frog space. They're all talking about it. They come stay at Club Root. They come stay at Club Root. You get They go, hey, you know what? Friend me on frog space. I'll give you the information. It's pretty cool. I don't really know if you're helping your case against not being a sociopath, though. Why? Because I like giving frogs a vehicle. Well, I don't know. I always think it's weird, the type of pets, where you have to feed them other... Other other other, animals? Yeah, other animals. Name a pet that you don't. Kitties. They eat what? Tuna? They eat... Yeah. No, they eat (laughs) kibbles and bits or... And what's that made out of? Tuna? Chicken? I don't know. It's like chicken flavor. It's not real chicken, No, no it's though. real chicken. No, it's not. It is. They get it from some chicken farm where the chickens are all abused and Aww. kept like rotten conditions. And their legs are eaten off by feces bacteria. Now how do you feel? I feel bad now. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, I'm not a sociopath. I'm not a con man. Uh I just, you know, happen to well, enjoy I, I, making a profit in the game. I think if someone's going to accuse you being a sociopath for uh, what they think is an unfair transaction, what about those people who kill, who gank, who gank repeatedly, yeah, what are they? and laugh and yeah. spit, uh, yeah, or or and torment them till they log off, or if they have that, what's that one character that looks like it's drag humping your body when you're on the ground? Oh yeah, the druids with their <laughs> with their cat form and they sit on your face. There after you they go. Kill you. What is that? I don't know. What, what, is, is, what that is that about? I don't know. Yeah, so. There you go. <laughs> Good point. Good point. But, yeah, chill and thanks for the email. That's awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. And if anyone else has an opinion on... My sociopathicness of, yes. of making gold in the game. Right. Make sure you write in. And it has to be as, as, as eloquent as Chillwin's email. Because I will accept nothing less anymore. No, he set the standard now. He has now. set a standard. That was awesome. Now, Freckleface. If the developers from Blizzard called you tomorrow and said, hey, 
we're kind of stumped here with where we're going with the game. Got anything you can throw away? You know, give us, throw us a bone, give us an idea. You know, we'll implement it. What you got? I got a few things. Okay. Yeah. Um, and actually, in this segment, we're going to talk about what two big changes and two small ones that we would do. Okay. All right. So the first big one quest as character development. Character development quest lines. Okay. So what right. do you mean? Well, you see this in a lot of other RPGs. I know we've talked about this in other episodes. But there needs to be some sort of thing implemented where how you complete a quest affects your character. Or your character gives you options on how to complete the quest. Okay, now some of those, they kind of do that with like when your faction changes. A little bit, but not really. I'll give you an example. If somebody, if you get a quest from a guy and he wants information from a certain person. Okay. So if this were a movie, you could think about... A few different ways you could get that information. Okay. Okay, you could outright kill the person. Just right. shoot him dead. Shoot him dead. Take whatever he needed. Zap. You could beat them until they give you what you wanted. Right. Then or let them go. torture them. Beat them or torture them. Yeah. But ultimately not take their life. Correct. You could pay, try to pay them off with money. Bribe them. Bribe them. You could dress up as, you know, maybe some seductress or someone who you think That's could what get I in with them. I, I, I dress up as a seductress. Right. I would not want to see that. It's it, well, and, you know and then I, mean. I con them out of their money. Try to uh, try to appeal to them. Try to be their friend or the buddy or okay. something. To try to get that. What about kidnapping? Or kidnap them, sure. That's a good one. And there are several RPG games where you have a choice on how to do that. Okay, like choose your own adventure. Kind of like that. All right, I'm with so it. So let's say it could go either way. It could that be that the decisions you make make you good or evil. Okay. Or it could be that your class dictates how you complete a quest. As in, like, if you're a paladin, you always choose the, the good, good way. Well, you should choose the good way. Right, you should choose a good way. There was um, one of the Star Wars games that did that. Knights of the Old Republic. I think it was. Yeah, based on your decision process. Mm-hmm. And that was a fantastic game. And that game... Not until the end of it, because the end of it was set up that you would be a good guy, not a bad guy. And so the end didn't make any sense if you were a bad guy. Because mm. I chose the dark side. I always chose the dark side, so I had all the cool dark side powers. Mm-hmm. And then when I fought whatever the guy's name is at the end, he was, you know, just wasn't right. Right. Well, in the, in the second one, what they did was you kind of had a dialogue that you, you had to pick, and you basically told um, the game what happened in the first one, and that, that's how they yeah. referred to it. What started that way? Because the guy's like, I don't like the path you're going down. And I was like, okay, whatever. And so that kind of made sense, but later on in the game, like the final confrontation, it was all out of whack. So Okay. Well, anyway, so in this game, let's say somebody comes up to you and asks for your assistance. They need, they need medical supplies. Okay. And you have the option of giving the money, ignoring them, or just killing them and taking their money. Nice. All right. So if you... You know, gave them money, you got points in the light side. If you beat them up, you got points in the dark side. And it could be something that, I mean, and this is the truth. Anyhow, there are, are certain quests in the game that you're, it's in a chain quests. But there are other things in the game that assume, and this is one of the things I never liked about World of Warcraft. You can progress through the game without completing some quests, without going through some dungeons and raids. And the rest of it assumes that you have done something already. Exactly. You know, that's the case in point with, with Arthas making different appearances at different times. And, and I understand the whole schematic of the game. It cannot progress with a logical timeline because 
you got so many thousands or millions of people playing the game, it doesn't work that way. But, yeah, it'd be interesting to do that, to have something where, like, if you make certain choices, they affect the growth of your character. Right, and since they came out the phasing with Wrath of Lich King, I think it'd be really awesome to, whatever decision you make, you're stuck with that. You know, if you decided to kill someone, they weren't there for you when you went back and visited where they were. What's the quest back in Vanilla WoW that, as soon as you did something, the guy was, you, you like completed, you killed something, then he was like, oh no, you killed it. Now you need to go make amends, and you need to... I think that wasn't Vanilla WoW. I think that was in Burning Crusade okay. in the uh, Hellfire Peninsula. What you do is, like, this guy's brother was killed, and he wanted revenge, so he tells you to slay, like, ten people. And he's one of the broken ones. Um, the people got corrupted. Okay. So you make revenge for him. Yeah. But then the guy next to him is like, oh, well, you yeah, messed you just, up. Yeah, you just you messed up. Fix it. In fact, that is, that's in, um, it's in Hellfire Peninsula. You're yeah. right. And it's in the temple. Right. And there's, there's actually more than one quest that after you do them, the person's like, what did you do? <laughs> yeah. But, you know, as a player, it's not like you had choices. You it's not choice. like you're sitting there going, you know, what should I do? What's the right thing? <laughs> I did it for the XP. Yeah, you always do that <laughs> for the XP. So I just think it would just add so much more to the game if you had more options. So on the how choices to mattered the and they stuck with yeah, you. Yeah, and that it was based on your character. True that. So like, or that, you know, that's, that's part of the role playing right. is what you do, what quest I, you do. I get that. I like that. Yeah. So, I mean, there are some class-specific quests, but you want class-specific options within the general quests, and then that those class-specific choices that you made follow your character development throughout the game. Right. And one thing, one stat that is missing from Warcraft that most other RPGs have is the charisma stat. Correct. Which will allow you other options. Like, if you want to try to persuade someone to do something instead of engaging in mm. combat, it's a charisma role. That's and one of the things I liked about EverQuest, is when in EverQuest you did have charisma, mm-hmm. and when you got drunk, your charisma went up. No, no, your charisma went down. Your strength went up, but your charisma went down when you were drunk. <laughs> so, um, I always but, thought that was cute. Right, and there, there could be things like vendor discounts. Um, Absolutely. And there's not enough uh, response to you when you're playing. In Ice Crown, the little place that you help set up, you help the Argent Stand set them up, it's phased so that if you've never been there before, there's not a settlement. But you follow a quest chain and you help them build a settlement. Mm. Every time you fly over there after that, you hear cheering. Yes, I've done this. Yes, yep. And I just think there needs to be more of that. that. If you come into a place that you're exalted, exalted with Stormwind, the guards need to be, you know. Kind of like when you're a Death Knight and you go through Stormwind and they throw all the people throw tomatoes at you. Right, but that's just for that quest chain. It's not every single time. They did that a little bit in Burning Crusade with the the flight people, Shatari, Shatari. I think it's a sun guard. Oh, nice. But after you get revered, when you come when you come up to them, they start speaking like, "Oh, there's Freckleface. How you doing oh, today?" Oh yeah, 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 yeah. But not yeah. until you hit revered. Correct. And it would be really nice if they did that with you know all the vanilla reputations or if they all the new reputations, the different reactions to you when you came on based on your decisions, reputation. I like that. So that's my one major change. That's your major. If our opinion mattered, you yeah. would do that. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's your major. My major one. Is I want a banker class. Banker class. I want a banker class. Um, and basically, you know, I've, I've done a little bit of thought about this. 
all leveling would be stopped. No matter what level you were at, if it was 1, 5, 10, it doesn't matter. You no longer level as a banker class. You're, it's gone. You no longer have any gear. So it doesn't matter if, you know, because you're not going to do any fighting. You're a banker. So gear doesn't matter. You don't even need it. You can't equip it. It's gone. Weapons, same deal. You can't equip them. They're gone. It's gone. You don't have anything. You don't even need hit points. Those are gone. You become a non-attackable person or a character. Like, uh, you know how a lot of times you try to attack something that says evade because it's all messed up? Well, that means they have the technology to do that. Um, they know if you're in a position where the attack you have is a no-risk attack. WoW knows that because I've done it several times where I've been above somebody that can't touch me and you try to attack them and you can't attack them as the NPC. So they know. So they can make that happen. However, before everybody thinks that, well, well what, do you, what do you mean? You can't fight. You can't, you can't be killed. You're just going to go into a raid. No, no, no. You can't even leave the city. That's the problem. That's, that's a trade-off. You cannot leave a major city. Now, you can go between cities, like, you know, porting or taking a train from Ironforge to Stormwind or whatever. But you can't set foot outside of the city gates. You do, it's like you die. Instant death. Um, now, there are. I would like to see some, some stuff that are banker class specific, like clothing. Kind of like, you know, pimp, pimp your banker. You know, tailors can pimp make certain... Pimp my bank out. Yeah, pimp my bank out. There could be certain things that ta- tailors make or whoever makes their items and stuff that are just banker class only. So that you still can kind of pimp out stuff. And it makes a lot of other things, a lot of professions could take advantage of this. You know, pimping out everybody's bank. There are a lot of people who are really into that vanity items, the vanity clothing and whatnot. And that's what it would be. Um, Unless, except for you, who, like, deletes the stuff I send to you. I actually, I got that red thing. Oh, you did? Yeah, I actually put, accidentally put that red jumpsuit on the the auction house. Oh, that's all right. Well, it came back. It didn't sell. (laughs) So... That's from the Valentine's Day quest. Apparently, their idea of a suit is just my butt hangs like out a in unitard it. or something. Yeah, it doesn't look good. Yeah. Now, also the this this class, my banker class, if I had an opinion that mattered, uh, would get particular rewards only available to the banker class, such as a banker class only mount. Think of like in the stock exchange, you got bulls and you got uh, bears, which are the two symbols for stock exchange. So you could mount a bear or a bull. Because it's, you know, your money related. Um, but if they're, they're not leveling... They just get it. They just you get can do, it. Well, because you can have certain reward quests. Like, okay, for instance, you make a transaction for 500 gold. Okay, boom, you get this or whatever. Or you could go over to that, um, you know, certain places and just buy it. It doesn't matter. Um, there should be bank class only titles. And that's when, you know, you make a certain amount of money, you have a balance in there, then, wow, okay, you're a, you're an uber banker or whatever, you know, something good. And achievements based on your transaction history. Now, see, in my opinion, what should happen on this, this goes in a little bit of lore, not lore, but you ought to be able to go in as a tune, whatever, whatever tune you have. And, you know, most, right by the bank uh, vault, you have that, that ambassador that stands there. It's like, it says, bank vaulted ambassador. You know, they're there, trust me. <laughs> you could go to that person, that, that could start your quest. Like, I want to take my character, whatever level it is, and I want to turn that character into a bank alt. So I go there, I do my quest. And it says, are you sure you want to do this? Yes, I'm sure. Okay, and that little warning pops up. Are you sure you're going to do this? You're going to lose everything? Yeah, 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 whatever. Click, okay. She go over, get a particular tabard, whatever, something simple, from like the guy who sells the guild tabards, 
you know, something simple. You go get that, come back, turn it in. You've made that commitment now. So now you know you've gone through a process, even though it's a very simple process. You've actually gone through a process to convert your character into this bank class character. Um, and then any time that, you know, you can go back to the person, it's kind of like a quartermaster. You go back to them, and maybe you get particular tokens for things you do. You know, you've logged into the bank 10 days in a row. You get a token. Or the auction house 10 days in a row, whatever. So just because it really is already a game within a game, the auction house. There, I mean, as, you know, as we've been doing with, with Fat Wallet, we started with 100 gold, and he's jamming, apparently conning everybody out of their money. <laughs> but he's jamming with the money, with the transaction he's doing. So... I already look at it as a game within a game. Why not? And I'm sure I'm not the only one who looks at it as a game within a game. So why not reward those people by having an actual bank class, banker class? So that's my that's my big thing. I want a banker class, if my opinion mattered. Well, you talked about mounts. And this is one of the small things I would change. Okay. Right? I think that you should not have separate mounts for different levels. You should not. No, you should not. Okay. For example, if you are a dwarf and you go to buy your mount, you have like a gray mount, a white, gray ram, a white ram. Then you have the swift rams and whatnot. Right. I think the mount should not change. You okay. You should be able to use any mounts, any skill level. Any mount, any skill level. Right. But the speed should change according to your riding skill level. Oh, I see what you're saying. I think if you're a level one, you should be able to buy a horse. Summon a horse, but only be able to have it go as fast as you can walk. Or what if, like, you fell off the horse? Yeah, I mean, that would take a whole new, like, animation and thing or whatever, but... <laughs> well, it could just disappear. But just think about that. hilarious it'd be, like, you send a level one, like, a motorcycle. <laughs> and instead of, like, you know, buzzing around the motorcycle, he's on it, but he's just, like... Barely moving. Because he doesn't know how to ride it. Right, doesn't know how to ride it. The same thing, you know, with the Alex or the Mammoths, like... And as you got higher writing skills, it could go faster. And you know what? They don't need another animation because you already have the animation of being kicked off a mount. Oh, true. Because you've kicked, you've kicked me off your mount before. <laughs> yeah, I have. Because so, <laughs> I was flipping from side to side. So those animations are already there. Sure. So you think they should just be able to... Yeah, they should also have the random occurrence of just being dumped yeah, off Yeah, mount. If, I mean, I've ridden a horse before, and I've fallen off a horse before, more than once. In fact, probably every time I've ridden a horse... And, if you, and if you don't know how to ride a horse, you can still get on it. You just oh, can't sure. go fast. There's a difference between riding yeah. a horse and getting on a horse. And I actually think they are going to go in this direction anyways, because I don't know if you read much about the new mount that they put out in the pet store. Um, the Celestial not yet. Steed. I'm tired of it already. I know that much. If <laughs> Um, it's like the crackwitch of the game now. Basically. But if you've already had a 310% mount, that mount will go 310%. Okay. If you don't, then we'll go the 280. So it'll go to the highest level of your mount right. available. So they have that c- capacity to do it. Hmm. Okay. I just so think I like it'd that. be neat. I just think it'd be neat. Like, you get one ram, and, like, you know, as soon as you're able to make it go faster, it goes faster. I like that. So as your riding skill increases, the speed of your mounts increases. Yeah, you don't have to go get a new mount. Because there are a lot of really cool colors right. with old mounts that no one ever uses because they don't want to go slow. Right. It's like, well, just because you're green, you can't go as fast as you need to. Mm, I hear you. I like that. That's a small. I think they could do that. They could do that. My small, which I don't know if this is a small one or not. I'm pretty sure I'm going to take a lot of heat for this one. 
is I think there should be an available repair kit that you can purchase from an engineer. I think an engineer should be able to make a repair kit, and I should be able to maintain that one repair kit as a unique item in my inventory. And I think that I should be able to use that um, wherever I'm at. And if I'm in a situation where you know I just died or whatever, and now I've got, you know, I fall below a certain uh, durability status, you know, it's below like you know 40 percent or whatever. I should be able to pop my repair kit, use my repair kit, and you know, give it a 24-hour cooldown or something. It doesn't matter, you know. Well, let me ask you this: um, Are you imagining something that the cost of it is just whatever materials it took for you to buy it or to make it? Or when you use it, you're actually paying what you would pay a vendor. I was imagining something that you just bought off the auction house, so really it, it wouldn't be so what... you just used it in your repair. You would use it, because at that point in time, it's a matter of convenience that you're paying for. So it could be like, if you know, I know a lot of times my repair bills, you know, if I come out of a, uh, out of a raid sometimes, my repair bill is kind of expensive. Mm-hmm. And I know that I would probably pay between 25 and 50 gold to have that repair kit available to me inside. Now, I know that, you know, and this is not the best example because I know I can pour it out now from a, a dungeon, get repairs, and pour it back into the dungeon. I know that. I know that's there. But I'm talking about situations where you are not in a dungeon, where you're just somewhere and you just got killed or whatever on your own little quest. And this isn't really like an in-game thing. It's more during a quest line thing. Like, for instance, what happened to me is when I was doing that, um, uh, the thing of there underneath... Uh, the sewers there with the horde with, you know, killing the scourge guys. When I got killed, my durability status, which was already low because I wasn't paying attention to it, it fell to like 48%. So I was like, man, and this stinks because I'm in the middle of nowhere. I'm over by Tris Foglades. So I had to go, you know, figure out where to go get repairs. And so I, I wasted a lot of time because that's a time-sensitive quest. And there wasn't a repair, anything repair-wise around me. So... If I had some, that's where I, where I started thinking about that. I was like, man, it'd be nice if there was a repair kit that I could just pop and use and go. Now, I know that there are stuff like the, the repair guys on the mounts. And I know that you as an engineer, you've got that repair bot. Well, there's a couple of them. Right. Right. Um, yeah. Well, I think the biggest difference between what you're talking about and what they have in place is with all the repairs, they're actually siphoning money out of the economy. Because the money that you're spending to repair, that's mm-hmm. going to vendor, which is going out. Okay, hadn't um, thought about that, but you're right. So if you have a portable repair thing, I think it should also be that you have to pay for the item or however much the engineer charge you to make or however much amount it costs. I think you should still have to pay the gold to repair. Well, where would that go? It gets siphoned out. But where would it go? Because typically when you do a repair, you, you're, you're going to a service somewhere. You're going to a person. No. So this one, you're just doing the repairs yourself. And maybe it's something where, you know... You kind of repair well, yourself. Well, okay, but yeah. if I if I make a if I as an engineer if I make a scrap bot, and that costs me two serenite bars to make, I, I pop it out. Other people use my scrap bot to repair. I don't get that money. No, you don't get that money. No, it no. just goes away. So I mean, what you're what you're suggesting, like just the idea of having an item, is very convenient, and there are they're coming out with more ways of it being available now. So they probably may have something like that in the future. So in essence, basically, I should be able to purchase a scrap bot for myself, a one-time use scrap bot for myself from the auction house. Yeah, I would say so. And then, you know. I, and you can, but they require engineering to use. Right. That's it. That's the That's the thing. I'm talking about it. You want to take, take off that. Yeah, class take neutral. Off that doesn't matter. Right. 
And you know what? Maybe it's something where, you know, not to disrespect engineers, so maybe it's something that you don't get 100%. Maybe it's something that costs you, you know, a fair amount of gold to get a hold of, and maybe it's only going to pop you to, like, you know, 87% or something. So you don't get the full effect, but you get better than you were. Because, again, it's not a situation where if you're in a, in a big raid or something, most people are going to port out, get repairs, and port back in. Of course, that's assuming that where you were before was Had near. a location. Yeah. Right. And I think that was the other issue I had the other day is where I was hearthed at, I couldn't get repairs. No. So, but, yeah, that would be my small, even though it's not the biggest small change. It might be quite a controversial one, but that's, that, that would be mine. Of course, if you had durability foo, you wouldn't forget. I do have. We'll have a little thing that gives me a durability status in the lower right-hand oh, okay. corner. That so, I mean, I watch see. it. Yeah. Does it change colors? Yes, it does. Okay. I watch it. I just wasn't watching it then because at the time I was running around doing lobby quests and then didn't realize I was going to get called in to fight in the sewers with all these elites. Even though I can handle the elites, I got, you know, I got like, I had like a bunch of like little things, little, I don't know what they were. They looked like little potato bugs on me. I don't know what they were. I was in some dude's chamber and they all came out of nowhere. And you know what the other thing about that, uh, when I'm on that same quest, and this is something that, that I didn't like. At the very end of that quest, the king dude takes off. And the Jaina chick, she's all like, I'm not going with you. Now, as a clothy, she's giving me, like, heals. I'm getting a constant flow of heals from her. As a clothy, you stick by your healer, right? And so I'm like, all right, Tank, you're going to go be a, you know, big guns? Go ahead. And then I'm like, oh, wait, I need to follow him to complete the quest. <laughs> and then by then, I didn't know where he went. Oh, yeah, and so you got... I was like, so I'm like, where'd he go? And then I finally got to this wall, and I could hear him talking. Okay, I'm watching the talk, so the quest is going on. I'm like, but where is he? I'm like, I don't know where he is, and all of a sudden, I completed the quest. So whatever he did, I guess it must have been a, like a talking thing, but I couldn't find him. Oh, yeah, that happened to me the first time. I had a... Yeah, he ran away. I couldn't keep up with him. Right. And then I redo the whole thing, and it took forever. Oh, I just... I got lucky, because I found the guy. It's funny, is when we were doing... When I did that part of the quest and went to Ogremar, I was really excited, because I thought I could do the achievement, the fishing diplomat. Yeah, no, because you're phased. Yeah, you had to yep. fish in Stormwind and Ogremar. See, because I thought the same thing when I was when I had to run to Ogremar, because I was like... I was yeah. like, oh, man, this is going like, to stink. I'm about to fight off all these people. Yeah. And I'm going like, to get ganked. Yeah. There's nobody Well, there. but I wasn't thinking about getting ganked because, you know, on, on, the, on the Care Bear server. Even on the Care Bear server, if you go into the You hostile, go to the city? You're hostile in the city? You, well, you're not hostile. Well, you're neutral. So if someone decides to attack you, they can't. Uh, we'll see. But I was still, I was worried about the guards. Right. So, but then I got there. I was like, There's nobody no there. there. And I was yeah. like, oh, yeah, we're phased. So, but that was cool. I liked it. It was good. Because overall, I would say last week was a good wow week yeah, that, for me. Yeah, that whole so. chain in Dragonblight, I would suggest if you haven't done it, go do it. It's fun. It is fun. It, it's got a very cool thing at the end. Yeah, Candid Face told me made him cry. What's that? Candid Face told me made him cry. That's why I did it. He's really? Like, oh, when the Horde and, and the Alliance fight side the, by the cinematic, side? cinematic, yeah. He's like, I shed a little tear. You really need to go watch it. I thought it. my system crashed. I'm like, what happened? The whole game just... Oh, oh, check it out. <laughs> I get to watch a movie. So that was cool. Yeah, same thing. Um, there's a fountain in the middle of Dalaran that there's a plaque. Is it free? There's The fountain's not free now. The fountain's not free? No. Not for you and me. Not for you and me? Oh. Uh, when you right-click on the plaque, rather than pulling up this little dialogue box that you read, it just takes me in this cinematic all of a sudden. 
Really? Yeah, you basically watch like the end of the Lich King. Ooh. And the fountain that what I guess is, you have to be like you got to have some rank to get that or something. No, what it is is that as soon as I think the first group on the realm beat the Lich King, they added this item to the city. Oh, okay. Because yeah, they did that in the last expansion, too. That's cool. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So, we kind of got away from what our, we were talking about, but... No, that's okay. We're talking about stuff that's All good. Right, but you had an auction house tip. Yes. We're going to rename this Root's Sociopathic Auction House Tip. Sociopathic Con Time with Root. There you go. <laughs> How to be a con artist Doing with time with Root. How about that? There you go. <laughs> it's con time. All right. This isn't a con, though. Nothing's a con. I don't do anything like Anyhow. We just. You know, my auction house tip this week is, is, is a very common sense one that in a closed economy happens all the time. And that is go into the auction house. If I've got my favorite example, Berean, ton, Berean leather is my favorite example. So I got my, my leather stacks, right? And I'm going to go in and I'm going to sell leather. I got a stack of 20. I'm going to go sell my stack of 20. And I get in there and I see that there are eight other stacks of 20. Not a big deal, right? Right. But I want mine to get bought, right? Right. Well, if I had to put mine in there to get bought, most of the time I'm going to think, well, I need to undercut these people. Right? Right. Buy them out. I know I've talked about buying people out before. But you want to buy those people out. Yeah, it's going to cost you a little bit of gold to do so. But buy them out. Put yours on there. And then take those that you've just gotten, and if you want to relist them on the auction house, that's fine. That's your choice. You just bought them. They're yours. You do whatever you want to do with them. Or if you want to create scarcity, which is what the biggest tip is here, is creating a scarcity, hold on to those items and put them into your, into your bank. Hold on to them. Create scarcity. One of the things that I like to do is throughout the winter, uh, because they're popular, and because they're popular, the price goes down. I buy snowballs. And what are the other things? There's some ice cream. There's st- stuff they make snowmen with. It's like snowballs or something you buy. Um, well, this, there's, there's like three different pets that you need a right. snowball to summon them every single time. There's that, and there's also um, there's some Christmas items that oh, end up on the auction the house. Oh, is it the preserved holly? It makes, your round, it makes your mountain be a reindeer. Be a reindeer, yeah. right. And there's a, there's a reindeer mount. That you can get that's in a little Christmas box. I think that's a pet. That's a pet? Okay. Yeah. Uh, but they're, they're holiday specific only. So they come around during those times of the year. And what happens is people get them and they throw them on the auction house because other people won't take the time to go do the quest. They just want the item or the snowballs to go. So this stuff gets out of the auction house because of that. People who aren't 100% sure what they do with the auction house, they drag that price of that way down. I go in and buy them. And then I go in there. So now what what happens there is I'm buying them up, taking the lower, you know, the bottom hanging fruit. I create a scarcity in the market for my higher priced ones that are out there. So by buying out the lower ones, like say for instance, we'll take we'll take the snowball things. If I throw a snowball up there for five gold and someone else has a couple listed for one gold down, you know, type thing, I'll start buying out those one gold ones. What happens is people start driving the market price up. Because a lot of people who have auctioneer and they have it set to undercut the lowest price on there only see, you know, the five, the four, maybe the three because I bought all the one golds up. Second thing I do, that creates scarcity in the market. And that's a good thing to do. I also don't relist those immediately. I go ahead and take those and I put them in my bank. 
I have snowballs in my bank now. I got some Christmas stuff in there. Because once it's in the dead of summer, I go put that stuff back on the market. And it sells. Like, I sold a strawberry ice cream cone. Like, I don't even know where I got the thing. I know where you got it. I can tell you where you got it. Where'd I get it? Well, you, probably, you probably sent it to me or something. No, well, there's two, there's two different places you can get it. Actually, I'll, I'll tell you in a bit because I was going to go into a okay. additional tip. Well, anyhow, I sold this strawberry ice cream cone for like 45 gold. I don't know where it came from. It's been sitting in my bag. I'm like, I need that space because I got a lot of leather in, in my... Because that's I like to buy and sell leather. That's my favorite commodity right now is buying and selling of leather. So I like to buy the leather, put it in my bank, come back, check the market. And when there's not a lot of leather on the market, I buy it, buy what is in there out, and throw a bunch in there at a high jacked-up price, and then it drives the market up. So my big tip, now I kind of went a long way about that, is creating your own scarcity on the market by buying other people out if you can. You don't have to buy it. You don't have to corner the market is what I'm trying to say. You don't have to get in there and like buy every single one of them out. But take off, pick off the low-lying fruit because the people who don't understand what they're doing and they're putting stuff in there you know, because they think they have to undercut everybody to get something sold, all that will do is continue to drive the price down and down and down and down and down. And then nobody's making any gold on the, on the auction house. But when you start buying off that little low-lying fruit, anybody who's using auctioneer by the default settings suddenly gets that price starts to even out some. And then once it starts coming back up, you can then relist those things that you bought with a low price for a little bit of profit. So it's a good deal. Now, what were you going to talk about? Well, I my, was going to mention ice that. cream cone. And this is a very time-sensitive auction house tip. Okay. Okay. Today we're recording, what is it, April 22nd. All day unless it rains. Right. Children's Week starts May 2nd. All right. Is that where I got the ice cream cone from? Probably. Um, here, what, children's, what Children's Week is is where you get the orphans. And you get achievements for doing different things with your orphan out. Right. I and there's that. one achievement called Bad Example, which you um, get an achievement for eating different sweets in front of your orphan. Oh. One of them is the strawberry ice cream. Okay. Now, there is a vendor. I know he's in Stormwind outside the bank that sells these in Stormwind during Children's Week. Usually, though, you have to go to uh, Thousand Needles. In that little racetrack area? Yes. They sell those all the time. Okay. Um, so my little tip is that if you look at that achievement list, look at the items there. Those items are going to be very high in demand. Also, the ingredients to make those items, if there's something made with cooking, are going to be very high in demand. So what you're saying is right now, after the, after people are done listening to our award-winning, internationally renowned, uh, state-of-the-art podcast... Uh, as soon as they're done with that and they get the chance to log in to World of Warcraft, they should immediately head to Thousand Needles to go to that racetrack and buy like 50, 60, 80 ice cream cones. Well, I wouldn't go to that extreme. All right, five. Because, well, here, <laughs> well here's the thing about holiday and their prices. The way the prices go is that they're extremely jacked up. On like day the first one. Day yep. one. Kind of on day two, by the time it's almost over, things are just selling for nothing. Right. So you want to go there and you want to grab the, your ice cream cones and use them on day one. So don't so, get 60 of them. Get right. like 10. So rather than me throwing out advice on specifically what you should buy and how many you should buy, because I don't want to get in trouble, 
I'm just going to say those items that are on the achievement are going to be very high demand. Of course, they always are. And if you have them up on the auction house when the holiday starts at a jacked up price, it means like as soon as it gold. starts. Yeah, even if there's like 20 other people selling the same thing. They'll put it up there at 45 gold as well. Well, what will happen is the, people, the other people that have it up probably won't realize that it's a holiday. They'll have it up standard market price. Holiday hits, a bunch of people rush to the auction house. All Buy the, the low-line fruit. Up, right. Gets bought off. And then they'll sell Creates a scarcity, mm-hmm. which is the same thing I was talking about. And people buy the high-dollar item. Right. Because then people, other people come in and go, there's only two vanilla or strawberry ice cream cones. So I'm putting mine up there at 45 gold as well and see what happens. So that's probably why if Children's Week's coming up, I didn't know that, that that's what I was used for. I just had luck of the draw by throwing that ice cream cone out there. So yeah. there I you mean, go. You can eat the ice cream for food. But that's how you get the achievement. And also, I mean... I know people go kind of crazy about these, um, these achievements, these holiday ones. Right. But really, you do. I do. But you also because the reward crazy. for it is the violet protodrake. Correct. But that, that takes one, like forever. Okay. But it goes three ten percent. But it takes four. But it's faster. It's faster. I don't care. It doesn't take forever. It's like a little bit of work. For like here five and there. years. No, not five years. Just like here and there, a little bit of work. For a year. And you, you get that, that's been a long, hard, crazy trip achievement. Is that the one? Yeah, what a long, strange trip it's yeah, been to get that achievement. Yeah. But think about it, if you had that drink, I know. then your celestial steed would go faster. If you had one, if you want to pay the 25 bucks to get one. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's a con. I think so? <laughs> <laughs> it's more of a con than me cheating somebody, not, you know, cheating somebody out of two gold, but. I think it's a con. No, that's you paying for a service. It's not. It's no, not. I mean, I don't know. Would you buy it? You know, I thought about it, but there are so many of them mm-hmm. that it doesn't make it unique anymore. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel about it. I'd rather go and, and farm they make for a really some weird, weird noise. Yeah, I don't like the noise they make. They're cool and everything. Well, I mean, the one thing that's different about those—I know I've said this before—than the other mounts is that they're buying on account. Right, all As your in all your characters. So yeah. that, Once they hit level what twenty, yeah. So, which so there's is, that. yeah, that part's cool. I like that. I do like that part. But it's like, I just I maybe mean, that's why I see so many of them. Yeah. But you know. But I, you'll be happy once you get your uh, Drake from the egg. Or or my or, or my red Drake. You red Drake. Yeah, I want I want Drakes. Then you can make a macro to like summon a random Drake. That's what I do. I could. I've got. There's another Drake that I'm currently. And that's another. That's another reason I was going around in, in, in that area. There is a rare, or I guess there's three rare spawns that have 100% drop rate of a proto Drake as well. Really? Yeah. And so I've been kind of flying around. I wrote this. I wrote a macro for t- targeting them. And um, yeah, I haven't seen them yet. I got you know. There's some stuff on Wowhead about them. And. That's when I was getting. That's kind of how I ended up with with my explorer thing because I was flying around exploring, and that's kind of, you know, in the in the pattern that they're supposed to fly in. So, but you know what? Another thing I forgot. Just going back real quick, you know, I'll make it quick with my banker class. With the achievement system in the banker class, right now it's still very prevalent in our wonderful World of Warcraft world that we all play in, uh, for gold farmers and gold sellers to move money in the auction house. And this is accomplished by, um, for instance, if I was going to engage in a transaction with a gold seller, 
which I am vehemently opposed to. But if I were to engage in this transaction for, let's say, 10,000 gold, instead of them coming to me with several you know, piles of gold in either by a person in a manual transaction or in the, in the mail system, what instructions they'll give me is go get a gray item, or any item really, put it on the auction house for 10,000 gold plus you know maybe 10,100 gold and let us know what that item is then they go into the auction house and they purchase that item and pow you just made a transaction now you you know you put an item out there for 10,000 gold somebody bought it and if you look at it okay well someone made a simple transaction in the auction house regardless of the price However, if you had a bank character who got achievements based on price spreads, then it would be a red flag to Blizzard that, hey, you know, this guy put an item that is worth one gold on the auction house and just pulled in 10,000 gold for it. Now, that will open up a big can of worms because I personally, my personal opinion, just me, and like I said before, my opinion doesn't matter, I personally think that despite what um, is written in a lot of places, I don't think Blizzard cares a whole lot about gold farmers. I don't think they just that is they just don't. I think it's a very small uh, issue to them. So we'll what, leave. Do you think, what do you think would be a big issue? Anything big that issue? that modifies their program is a big issue to them, like the glider bots. Stuff like that. Anything that actually is a modification of their data stream bothers them. Anything that is a modification to the economy in the game, I don't think they really care about. Well, then, but then you got the whole issue of people are gaining money for what is essentially their property. Doesn't matter. Because here's the thing. Look at it this way. If I you know, do the whole thing where I go and I put the one gold thing up there and I get 10,000 gold with that. What am I going to do with 10,000 gold? Spend it. On what? Other people's stuff. Right. So what's, and what are those other people going to do with that stuff? Use it. Use it how? I don't know. So, all right, well, let's take it into consideration. Okay. I get 10,000 gold. Woohoo! I go, Freckleface, what do you need? I got 10,000 gold. You go, wow, I'd really like that mount. Okay, here, boom, I get you the mount. What are you going to do with the mount? You're going to ride it in the game. Or you go, hey, I could really use an upgrade of my equipment. I go, cool, no problem. What do you need? I need this, mats. I need this. I go, hey, who can make me this XYZ thing? And they go, it's going to be 500 gold. Here you go, boom. Now what do you do? Now you have better equipment, right? You got upgrades galore. You look cooler. You got a cool mount. So what are you going to do? You're going to go play the game more. And that's what they want to happen anyhow. That's why they don't care about. But you're not advocating before we get. No, in, my, before no, we get absolutely in. not. I like I said, I am vehemently opposed to it. I will not. In fact, we had a guy, and I don't how many. I don't even know what server that was that he that he did buy gold, and he came up to me. It was like I just started a character. It was a horde server. And I just started a character on there, and he's like, "Hey, do you need some gold?" I was like, "Well, yeah, I could use a little gold because everybody gives a little bit of gold out," and he gave me like five thousand gold. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I think you missed a zero there. He goes, oh, no, man, don't worry about it. It's cool. And I'm like, whoa, dude, no, uh-uh. <laughs> you know? Because I don't want, you know, and that's when I found out from you that he buys gold. And I'm like, I don't ever want 
to get gold from that guy again. I won't. And I also don't, I don't lend gold. I'll give somebody gold. You want gold? I will give you gold if I have it to give. I won't lend it to you. So, because that, you know, that's just me. Because then if I lend it to you, there's an expectation that you're going to give it back to me. Guess what? That ain't going to happen. Because you can just buy it on, you're going to spend it on, on, on gear or, or whatever. So it's gone. It's yours. Do whatever you want to. Well, that's important to do that in real life, too. Like, I don't think you should lend someone money. I don't lend money you, in real life, either. Because if you, if you would bother you to not get it back, you shouldn't lend money. Exactly. You know, this, I remember one time I gave a guy some gold. He's like, hey, man, can I have some gold? I'm like, yeah. And then next thing you know, there's like, there was uh, the, the thing he was in our group. And it's like, such and such is looking tipsy. You know, like, what'd you do with the gold? You went out and bought, and I felt like, just, just like the guy in the corner when I give him money and he goes and buys a beer or something with it. I'm like, what? What is this? So I laugh. Or give him a sandwich they just put on the ground. Yeah. 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 Or you give him a coupon for McDonald's, you know, like a, for a free burger, they don't, they get mad at you. Anyhow, that's a whole different thing. Listen, thanks for listening. We appreciate all the contributions we got this week. Um, except especially from my, my newest buddy, who I'm sure I'll have an email from right after this podcast or an instant message or even a telephone call uh, from from good old uh, uh, Chillheart there. But, hey, appreciate all the awesome comments, especially the other one on, on how to fix uh, the curse client. From Inverse on Scenarian Circle. There we go. Came in from them. So thank you for that. That was an awesome addition to our podcast this week. As always, we want to thank you for listening. If uh, you, know, you can always go and check out our website at www.hearthcast.com. Remember, our HearthCast hotline, 321-558-7637. You can email us at contribute at hearthcast.com or use our website submission form. And while you're on the website, take our survey. And if you like the show, then please let us know. You can always send us an email. Rate us on iTunes, and if you link to us from your blog, MySpace, Facebook, or other account, Frogspace. Frogspace. We'd love to get a link from Frogspace. That'd be awesome. Uh, if you do that, we will give you a link back. Which also that does just great with you know all your rank. Quick additional shout outs go out to Tavern Craft. My Stein is sitting on my desk as always. He got some compliments today, and I am decked out in my swag dog. My swag dog gear. My swag dog gear with the with the little World of Warcraft on the front. It says Hearthcast on the back. It's got my root character. It's got my little emblems. So, awesome. It's it's podcast day. Everybody in the office knows it's podcast day. And you uh, always wear your swag gear. I, on Thursdays. I wear my swag gear on Thursdays, and I, I am proud of it. It's awesome. It's good quality material. So, get you know what? Don't be afraid of your World of Warcraft pride. So, you know, get yourself some swag gear over at swagdog.com. Get yourself a Stein from Taverncraft because both of those, it's just awesome. Follow both of those on Facebook. And Twitter. They both have Twitter and, and Facebook Twitter. accounts. You get some good deals. Absolutely some good deals. And Swag Dogs actually got a guild. So check them out for that swag too. Dogs. Yeah, they're the Swag Dogs. Swag dogs. So yeah. you can go to SwagDog.com and you can see how to get involved in their guild. And I'm sure they do a lot of cool stuff with their guild. Until next time, this has been Root and Freckleface for HearthCast.com.